search firm Chris Hunt presents our Moving Up podcast, a place where CEOs, recruiters, C-suites, and executives discuss their previous experience and provide tips to candidates and clients who are looking to excel. Some of the topics we'll cover are how to stay up to date on market trends, how to retain employees, and giving overall advice on how to move forward in your career. Victoria Djokovic, our podcast host, is the Vice President of Chris Hunt and has over 20 years of experience in the staffing industry. She can't wait to share her secrets to success. So make sure to tune in. All right, so here we are today. We're starting off our first Chris Hunt uh, podcast and we're going to spend a little time talking to our recruiters. Um, and getting a little bit of background on them and, and what it's like to be a recruiter. So I'd like to introduce uh, Rachel Garcia and Joanne Johns. I'm gonna give you each a little bit of time to just tell a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got into recruiting, how long you've been doing it. Rachel, you wanna start? Yeah, uh, well, I, I started out in career services um, with a, a for-profit college and my job was to assist those graduates that were graduating with their associates or bachelor's degrees. Um, I would assist them in finding employment in their field of study. And I really loved it. I loved helping people get jobs. It was a very rewarding job that I did. And, um, and that kind of launched me into the staffing industry. Uh, my first healthcare, I'm sorry, my first recruiter position was as a healthcare recruiter. Uh, then I went into IT found out that I didn't really love that. Uh, then I went corporate in-house and now I'm doing executive level search and I love it. Great, great. So it was an accident. You fell into it by accident? I fell into career services by accident. I was actually a temp in the department. I had no qualifications. I had no background in that and they needed help. And I went in there and just started cold calling and I started performing better than some of their um, you know, folks that they had in the department. Um, and so they offered me a full-time position. Um, but once I started doing that and realized I love it, I knew that staffing was the industry that I wanted to be in. Great, great. How about you, Joanne? So my, my background has always been born and bred in HR. Uh, started as a recruiter at um, a, staffing, a staffing company called Olsten Staffing, if you remember from back in the day. I and remember them well, actually. <laughs> I was working with the Deco when they bought them. <laughs> That's when I lost my job with them. Was oh, with no. the <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I started my career. And after that, I just kind of grew throughout HR, always more in a generalist um, manager role where I was touching all areas of HR. Um, most recently, I was HR director for nonprofit in Colorado. And um, I've always loved the part of my job where I was interviewing people, whether it was be it was for my team or helping other teams get the right person. Um, so for me, this next step in my career as a full-on recruiter is pretty exciting because I still get to help people, but I'm trying to find that perfect fit for both the client and the candidate. Great, great. Well, my, I myself, I'll just throw this in. I've been at this for like 25 years. Um, I wanted to be in HR when I got out of college and I moved here from Iowa, but uh, ended up uh, in helping, working as a temp and then uh, ended up them saying, hey, you should do this job. And then I was in it pretty much from there on out and then switched over to the ex executive search side. So great. One thing that I would really like to talk about is sort of, um, 
you know, discuss the day in a life of a recruiter. Um, what are the demands you have for your clients? What are the demands you have for your candidates? I think that help may help some of our audience get a better understanding of, you know, what we can do for them or how, how we work a little bit. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, a, a lot of this job is, is really hunting. You're hunting for the right person for that job. Um, when you put somebody in a job, you want to make sure that that's going to be a long-term fit. You want to make your candidate happy. You want to make your client happy. And you don't want to have to backfill that um, either. So um, I can honestly tell you no day is ever the same. I do a lot of hunting in the evening where I'm sending out a lot of messages. And by the time I get to my desk the next day, I've got responses. I'm on the phone. I'm dressing up resumes to present to my clients, a lot of follow-up, a lot of interviews, asking a lot of questions, um, and really making great connections along the way. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things, right, is the ongoing connections, the um you know, the hunting, and then also a lot of those questions just to, it's so important that we make those right connections and make those right, um, you know, take, know what the person or the candidate needs as well as what the client needs, you know, you know, brokering that relationship. Uh, how about you, Joanne? Um, I agree with Rachel. Each day is, each hour is different than the hour before, as is each day. Um, for me, I, I found a flow of really setting expectations with clients and with candidates. So it makes it maybe a little more fluid and not as surprising, but there's, there's always surprises when you, when you get on a call with a candidate and, you know, they think it's one job and really they applied to 50 and they're thinking it's the wrong recruiter. And so there's sometimes confusion, but I like to really set the expectation up front with my candidates of what job it is, where the client's located. So we, I make sure we're on the right page and talking about the correct job. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about the pace that you keep um, as a recruiter? You know, is it slow? Is it fast? Is it, what kind of pace do you have to keep? Well, I can speak for myself personally, a, a pretty fast pace. There are times where it slows down a little bit, but when you have a lot of recs on, on your desk, I mean, you're talking to, you know, anywhere from three to 10 people for one job. So um, it, it can be very fast paced. I think uh, something that's really key is organization. You have to know how to keep your desk organized because if I slip on my calendar or if I forget to send a calendar invite or if I don't have something documented correctly, it can really throw things off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that missed interview, right? Where everybody's <laughs> like, oh, and everybody wanted that interview, including you. So yeah, that gets a little dicey. How about yeah. you, Joanne? Um, I'm a big fan of color coding. So I have five different colored pens in my book of what's happening when and what's going on with that person. So I know at a quick glance what's happening. Um, the days can be quite crazy. Recently, the days have been between 10 and 12 phone screens of which maybe two are forwarded on, but you never know when you can use that person in the future. But the days are pretty crazy, even if it's just um, sourcing because you just want to make sure you're sending out to enough candidates that you're getting some, some quality ones responding. 
Um, so I want to make a little switch and talk to you guys a little bit about market observations. Um, what are you seeing in the market? It's certainly changed. I mean, we all know that because of COVID, right? Um, but you know, what are you seeing maybe um, that legitimizes what we're hearing and or other things that you're seeing as part of the market when you're um, working with folks right now? Joanne, you want to jump on that one? Sure. So what I'm seeing, I, I'm going to speak to my prior role and this role, um, because focusing on the whole COVID bubble, we'll say, um, what I'm seeing is candidates really aren't as strict about their salary. They want more time off because they have the flexibility of being remote now, but being remote, they're putting in longer days and longer hours because they don't have the commute. Um, they might not have to worry about childcare. Um, so what I'm, what I have been asked prior role and currently is if they can't give me this, can I have more vacation time or more time off um, or more flex time? And I think that's a big shift because prior it was always the money and now it's, they want time to step away because I think it's, it's weighing on on candidates that they really need to disconnect. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and that's really, I think, from a client's perspective, a good bargaining point, right? Um, you know, because you know, I'm sure they're all feeling the fact that you know salaries have increased, and that is challenging all the way around. So maybe this is another area where you can help compensate someone in a way that's meaningful um, to them, and you know there is a monetary value to that as well. So um, how about you, Rachel, anything that you're observing? Yeah, you know, for myself, I, 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 I think the candidates are asking for healthcare options and a lot of companies and employers are jumping on that. They're starting to offer better healthcare options, 401k plans. We're seeing more companies start to match um, you know, those 401k uh, plans. I was watching this video by Bernard Marr, and he's an author and keynote speaker. And he put out a, a book called Business Trends in Practice. And he was talking about, you know, some of the different trends that, you know, we're, we're seeing now. Um, and I took some notes here. And one of them, you know, was the remote work, you know, the pros and cons of that, um, or even having a hybrid situation. Um, as Joanne touched on a little bit, um, you know, cost of living, as we see the gas prices are rising, a lot of folks are looking for remote positions. Um, but, you know, there's good and bad things that come along with that. Um, K, uh, KMG actually did uh, research and they said 69% of large companies expect an overall decrease in office space that they have. Um, and 90% of workers and managers are happy with the increased freedom that they're getting with remote work. So, so there's some of the, the trends that, that I've looked at. Um, another thing I've noticed with some of the recs I've been working on and clients that I've been in touch with, which is something I didn't see a couple of years ago, is a lot more companies are paying attention to digital marketing, where that really wasn't a thing a few years ago. Um, now that we have, you know, TikTok and social media, and I know even our own internal marketing team, now we're putting out these videos and, you know, a lot of companies are really investing into digital marketing and branding. So that's been really cool to watch. So you're saying that in terms of the more new types of positions that we're working on here at Croissant. Yeah, we're getting yeah. a lot more in that space. Yeah, I'm, yeah, marketing is really hot right now. Yeah. Um, 
And when you were talking about like adding healthcare in our 401ks, you're talking sort of that middle market, um, uh, our smaller clients that, you know, we often work with startups, that kind of thing where, you know, in the past it was easier to kind of let that go a little bit, I think. And now, you know, cause obviously the big, you know, fortune 500 companies, fortune 100, they always had those types of things, but, you know, most of the, you know, the country is employed by, you know, smaller mid-sized organizations. And so I, I agree with you. I see them stepping up a little bit in that space. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on the, you know, we hear a lot about this great resignation. Um, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I'd just be interested in hearing your thoughts on, on, on that. If you have any. Um, well, one thing I, I have seen is, you know, this newer generation does seem to be redefining the workplace. I have a lot of candidates when I ask them, you know, what are you looking for in your next opportunity? You know, if I had the perfect opportunity for you, what would that look like? A lot of people want to be with a company that is progressive, that is diverse um, and, and no toxic work environments. Um, where I feel like, you know, a couple of years ago, these things weren't really talked about so much. Isn't that interesting? Because I, you know, maybe I've been fortunate in my career, but I don't feel like I've ever worked in a toxic environment, but you hear a lot about that. Um, and so, yeah, and people are just kind of putting their foot down on it now. Like, I don't want to be around that. So, mm -hmm. and, and I'd, I'd probably say the the folks that I hear that mostly from are people that have worked for larger companies or, or that are even coming out of larger companies and say, I'd rather work for a smaller or mid-sized company so that I'm treated like family or like a person, not just an employee or a number. So that's really important. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Do you have any thoughts on this great resignation idea? I do. <laughs> I do have a um, For me, it, to me, it just feels like it's kind of the candidate's world. Like we've all gone through so many shifts and changes over the past couple of years. And I think a lot of us have just kind of reassessed, like, do I want to continue to be, you know, an HR director working 16 hours a day, like no break constant, or do I really want to find a job where I'm just happy and yeah. I'm not in an environment where it's constant you know, go, go, go. And there's some toxicity there. Um, another piece of it is I think candidates are really seeing that companies are opening up kind of their, their search radius. And they're not just focusing on 25 miles within whatever, where the job is. They're looking statewide, you know, region-wide, mm -hmm across the United States. And I think we see that in a lot of our jobs that when I'm talking to candidates and I tell them, oh, it's a California-based company, but it's open across the United States, people get so excited because it's like a, like a breath of fresh air, like a new opportunity. They don't just have to look in like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, without relocating. So I think that's a great, uh, I think that's part of the great resignation too is employees are just leaving to do what they want to do from where they want to do it. Yeah. I, right. I think that's probably one of the nicest things that's come out of this for people is they uh, candidates, they do have more options now and yeah, you can work for a California company and be, you know, on the East coast. Um, it, 
you know, obviously that's created other challenges and maybe we can be talking to, you know, some of our clients here on our other podcasts on some of the challenges they have with managing like that. Um, but in general, I think there's a real strategy to be had uh, around that. And, you know, you always have to have some core level, um, you know, um, and then how are the expenses in your organization shifting as a result of that? Um, you know, I think when we brought up the, you know, the property aspect and reducing the size of maybe as you, Rachel, re reducing the size of your real estate that you're, that you have. Um, but, you know, where does that, where, where do you want that and how much do you need still if you're going to have a certain amount? Because, you know, let's face it, there are positions that it's more difficult for them to be, you know, out in the field uh, working from home than others. So, uh, yeah. And one of the other things that I've seen that has become really popular as well, you know, as a lot of employees are working remote or working in these hybrid positions are the um, employee uh, performance, you know, monitoring tools, you know, such as Active Tracker. I know there's many of them out there. So that's something, you know, else that I've seen become pretty popular on the employer side. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'd like to make one, another shift now if we're kind of done talking about some of the market trends. Um, certainly, if you have another one pop up, let me know. But um, this is a big one for everybody, I think, ghosting. Um, we get ghosting um, both on our candidate side, on the recruiter side, you know, as recruiters, you know, I think we have to be honest about, you know, what that's about and why it happens and that we feel bad about it. We don't want to do it. So, you know, um, who wants to jump in with some thoughts on ghosting? <laughs> well, uh, definitely happens on both sides. I'm I'm for sure guilty of that. Um, I I get ghosted by candidates. Um, it, it used to be more often. It used to be more often. It still happens, but it's not it's not as common. Maybe because of the types of roles that I'm working on now. Um, sometimes I guess I'll ghost candidates if. Gosh, I, that sounds so horrible. All ghost candidates. That sounds so bad just saying that I'm going to work on this really hard. Um, if I'm talking to someone and I, I can tell that they're not really interested in my job or um, they haven't been responsive to me, you know, the first couple of times I've tried to get to hold a hold of them. I have so many people that I'm following up with that I'm on the phone with all the day and oh, I'm sorry, all day. And so sometimes they will slip through the cracks and it's so horrible to admit that, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, I know that, it, you know, at least here at Chris Hunt, we feel really bad about that. It's not something that we want as part of, you know, our brand. We want to try and resolve that. And I think we're working on some ideas for that, but it is, yeah, it's not something that we want to be doing. Um, how about you, Joanne? What's your take on ghosting? I do not like it. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, it, it happens like a few times a week when when the the calendar is blocked with phone screens it happens um i don't like it but then i reach out to the candidate at least two times and say if you want to reschedule let me know if you're no longer interested please let me know they don't respond it would be nice if they did um and um you know I, it bothered me in the beginning and now i'm like eh, maybe they got something new maybe you know something happened um I, on the flip side um, much like Rachel, I don't like when I do it. it, it bothers me, but it does happen. My goal as of the past couple of weeks is every Friday, I go back to what I did earlier in the week and I make sure I'm touching base with people. Um, sadly, I missed one last week and, 
he asked me if he was going to be made an offer and I had to tell him that I totally forgot to call him. So I hope that's edited out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough though, because there's so much going on and you're talking to so many people and it, they're, it's, it's not an excuse, but it does happen. I think piggybacking on what Joanne was saying earlier is that when you have that initial meeting with your candidate, really setting those expectations of what, how this relationship needs to work. Uh, and that can be really helpful. And sometimes people are just rotten. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no, I, I do think the expectation of, you know, just let me know what's happening with you. You know, if you end up interviewing other places, right. It, it helps everybody maintain a relationship that can be ongoing and you know maybe we didn't help this time around but we would certainly like to help the next time around so for sure uh okay so we've been kind of serious so we want to take a deep breath i want to hear kind of your craziest experience as a recruiter i'll go okay (laughs) just last week um i don't know what was going on but i i called a candidate for his scheduled phone screen And he kept using like filler words and just being really quiet. And then as I really listened, there was an interpreter in the background, almost speaking in a different language, giving the person saying what I was saying. And then there was another pause and a hmm. And then he responded, but it wasn't relevant to what I was saying or asking. And it was just wild. And you could clearly tell the person in the background was his interpreter. Oh so my gosh. that was a phone screen. <laughs> I have never heard that one. So that it, was, <laughs> it was wild. Like when I heard that, cause I thought maybe there's just conversation in the background. And then I like paid attention to it. And I'm like, no, the timing of this is like, he's really telling him what to say and how to answer my questions. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And yeah, there's just no way that that's going to work. You know, take his interpreter to work with him when he gets the job. (laughs) So that was a wild one. So I've seen that happen, Joanne, at um, a a company that I worked with before. Something kind of similar happened, you know, where the candidate did a video interview with the client because they were long distance and the client, you know, hired them. Come to find out, the person that showed up for the job was not the person that actually interviewed and the person that showed up didn't really know what they were doing. And I don't want to say who the client was, but this person almost shut down their entire security system. And it was, it was a big deal. It was really bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your uh, craziest story, Rachel? Oh gosh. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, I think I've gotten pretty lucky. Um, I recently had a gal that, um, I don't know if that's a crazy story, but she was very, very firm. You know, she was interested in the role. She seemed qualified. When we got to the end of the conversation, she says, well, is your, you know, client requiring vaccinations? Because I'm just telling you right now, I'm not vaccinated and I'm not even thinking about it. And so if that's going to be a deal breaker, I would just like to know up front. And um, I didn't really, that was the first time I, I had gotten that. So I wasn't really sure how to respond to that. Um, and I wasn't sure. And then it made me think, is the client going to require any, you know, type of negative tests or, or vaccination? So that made me kind of start incorporating more questions um, into my meetings. Uh, I also had somebody that came in in person one time 
And I think that there was something underlying going on there, but he would not make uh, eye contact during the interview at all. And he um, actually uh, passed gas during the interview. So that was fun. That was very interesting. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I think, so I mean, and sometimes, you know, I think you recruiters, we get a little bit immune to some of it. Like, you know, you, you share it when it happens, but then you just keep moving on. But yeah, there are, yeah. you know, very interesting stories that happen with folks when they're <laughs> interviewing. And hopefully that'll be one of our um, podcasts here in the future is like how to be prepared for an interview, what to do, what not to do. Um, Cause it is so important. It's the, you know, it's the little stuff that throws you out of the game. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, great. Thanks for sharing those stories. Um, I wanted to kind of also ask you guys, and I think this is maybe something that's really important for um, people who might be listening to, to this is, um, you know, what can you realistically do for folks as a recruiter? Um, you know, I know when people are out there looking for a, you know, position, it can be super frustrating. It can be super you know, demoralizing in some respects. Um, when you're working with a, um, a recruiter such as yourselves, you know, what really makes sense? What can you share with these folks as, as a realistic expectation of what they can, you know, you can do for them? Well, I ask a lot of questions. Um, I, I definitely, you know, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, sometimes I talk to people and they're, in a very expensive state with, an high, with a high cost of living. And so I'll ask them, you know, are there any places that you're open to relocating to on the flip side? Are there any states that you would never wanna want to live in? Um, so I think asking questions like that is helpful. One thing that I always point out when I see on a resume, and for me, it's a safety thing, um, do not put your full address on your resume. It's one of my pet peeves, and I never will get off a phone call without telling someone that if I see that on there. There's no reason for your full address to be on your resume. It's just way too dangerous out there. What you do want to have on your resume is your city and state and your zip code. Uh, if you are putting your resume into, you know, databases, different job boards where recruiters and headhunters are going to be cruising those boards looking for candidates, you're going to come up with buzzwords. So make sure that you have a lot of those buzzwords, keywords on your resume. Um, but they're going to find you based on the city you live in or, or your zip code. If I have a client that's looking for an HR director you know, in Long Beach, California, then I'm probably going to punch in a search that's maybe 15 to 20 miles, you know, away from that zip code. Um, so I think that's something very important. Um, and also make sure that your resume is not hard to read. Nobody wants to, to look at a five page resume. So if you can condense, um, condense your resume, I definitely recommend doing that. And then maybe the rest of it, all of that detail and a lot of that text that you might have on your resume, put that in a cover letter or maybe like an introduction letter. Yeah, I've seen some resumes that sort of read like a book and that's very difficult for people to get, get through. So yeah. Yeah. How about is it, but, um, you know, realistically, um, you know, can you, like, if they, if you don't have a position right now for someone, can you realistically be in contact with them ongoing or how would, you know, you build that relationship, even though you may not have somebody, you know, the, the capability of helping them right now today, is mm -hmm. there, you know, what, what realistic um, expectations could some of your candidates maybe have from that? 
Well, that happened really to us during COVID. I think we went to work remote March of 2020. So we had, you know, some downtime really almost, you know, for, for the rest of that year. And so um, I spent my time networking, networking, still jumping on calls, being very transparent. I don't have anything on my desk right now, but I would like to, you have a great resume and impressive background. I'd like to learn about you. Um, and that way, when the opportunities are coming in, if I have, you know, a client that's looking for, you know, a digital marketing director and, and, oh my gosh, you know what? I talked to Susan two months ago. I'm going to remember you and pick up the phone and call. Um, but I always recommend for my folks to check in with me. Maybe not every week, every two weeks, maybe once a month. Let me know that you're still in the job market because we are talking to a lot of people and sometimes you can slip through the cracks. Um, so I, I, I would say do what I call availability checks or, you know, check-ins with your recruiters and say, let, let me know, hey, I'm still in the job market. You know what? Oh my gosh, thank you for calling me or sending me an email. I have a rec that just came through. I think you might be a fit for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good recommendation. How about you, Joanne? Any thoughts? Um, similar to, to Rachel, very much so. Um, I, if, if I'm recruiting for a job and I know somebody's not a fit, but I feel they're very strong. I will reach out to them personally as an email and speak to them about why. And I would like to keep you kind of warm. So like Rachel said, please stay in touch with me as well. I, you know, I'm not going to check in every week, but I'm asking you to check in with me and I'll check in periodically as well. Um, there are those candidates that you just, it's like a punch in the gut when they're not the chosen ones and you really just want to make sure you find them a home. Um, so those are the ones that, that I'm finding I've been staying in really close contact with, even though I don't have anything for them. And again, I set that expectation that I might not have something for you. When I call you, I'm just checking in to see where you're at in your search. And if you're still looking and, you know, did you change your career path and go somewhere else than what we talked about originally so that I can kind of redirect should something come along for that person? Yeah. I yeah. think that's really important is to be transparent, right? I never, I know, I, I never want to be a sleazy recruiter. I know sometimes we can get, um, you know, a bad rap, but, um, you know, I know one thing that Chris Hunt does is something we call reverse candidate marketing. And I let my people know that and I give them homework. Hey, are there any companies that you have your eye on that you see that might have an opening that you're interested in? Um, and if they can't give me a couple right then, I say, why don't you take the weekend, get back to me on Monday, email me a list of companies and you know, and I tell them, you know, our vice president of business development, she's very well connected. And if we don't have a connection there, we will try to get you in. Um, and I think it's really just providing good customer service. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so important. It really is. And that is, you know, like I say, when we, if we refer back to our ghosting and why we all just get a stomach ache when it happens, um, it's because we want to treat everybody who's working with Chris Hunt, you know, with the utmost care and respect. Um, do you guys have any stories about when you talk to a candidate, they tell you all of these pieces and you're like, yes, this is a perfect fit. But then when they get to the client, they have another story for the client. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? And then once we finish with that, we'll kind of go, I have a little fun game I want to do with the two of you. So <laughs> why well, I experienced that, um, just recently where, you know, I will be in, in my interview with my candidate 
you know, go through all of their background, tell them about the job. And, you know, I have something I'm working on right now where the hiring manager is just not open to remote capabilities, not even hybrid. They really need somebody 100% full-time in the office. So I really, really make sure that I stress that to my candidates because that will be a deciding factor for the hiring manager. Um, and just recently, you know, I know I said that multiple times and they acknowledged it multiple times and then they get in that interview with my client and they say, oh, well, I'm looking for a remote position. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it is not remote. Don't ask for it to be remote. <laughs> How about you, Joanne? Uh, so, so for me, um, I haven't had that yet, but I can say when our sourcers are working with candidates, the story has been vastly different with them than when they get to me, mainly on their salary expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been where my kind of stumbling block has been. And it actually just happened today. Uh, we had a, a, a candidate sourced and looked great on paper, great personality going back and forth with the sourcer. And then I call him and he had no idea who I was, although I set up our call yesterday and got a confirmation from him. And I kept saying, well, can you tell me what your expectations are salary wise? Like, I need to know this to forward you on to make sure, you know, should you get to the end, the end of the game and they make an offer. And he was adamant, like, you are not going to ask me my salary. <laughs> like, okay, well, you saw the posting. Yeah. There's a different, there's out there, but he just wouldn't verbalize it almost like he didn't want to stick himself into a box. And unfortunately I thought, gosh, if he's going to be this, you know, stake in the ground right now, I don't want to move him forward because that just didn't seem Right. Well, right. We can't waste people's time. If, you know, if you're way outside of the mark, then, you know, right. um, you know, just, just give us a range, you know, as long as we're somewhere in the range, exactly. then, you know, we can potentially work with you and you can make that range pretty big if you want. I mean, with, you know, so just, but we've got to have something to work with. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Okay. Um, all right. So we have just a few more minutes here. I want to wind up by giving you guys a, a fun little 10 question lightning round. So I'll ask you a question. Some of them will be easy because you get them pick one or the other, um, but, and a couple of them have a, you know, quick question. So we'll do them really quick and um, it'll just, it'll be fast. So um, I don't know, we probably should do one than the other every time, just so we don't have confusion. So I don't know, uh, Joanne, do you want to go first and Rachel, you go second? Are you okay with that, Rachel? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. So the so are you ready? Uh, the first question is, um, what's your number one pet peeve? Vertical blinds. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Does it have to be work-related? Yeah, no, I was just going to ask that. Your number one pet peeve. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Uh, sticky door handles from the kids. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the worst thing you've seen on a resume? Pets picture. A I'm pets sorry. picture? A pets picture. Oh my gosh. Oh my With God. the person. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Oh, I would have to say um, punctuation and spelling, especially at a higher level position. No, it's a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what throws a candidate out of the running? The number one, one thing. 
for me, it's one word answers when we're on a phone screen. If you can't tell me your story, not good. Mm -hmm. How about you, Rach? Uh, inconsistencies in, in the interview. If, if I feel like I can't trust you, then I don't want to put you in front of my client. Uh, okay. Why do you love recruiting? I love the people aspect. I, I just like talking and connecting with people and kind of learning about them and helping them find hopefully their next opportunity. Okay. My favorite thing is filling the position when I'm making both parties happy, when I have my candidate that just finished their first week and they're sending me an email that I actually just got recently saying that she, there couldn't have been more of a perfect position for her. It's, it's a very rewarding feeling yeah. for changing people's lives. It feels great. Uh, coffee or cocktails? Cocktails. Cocktail, coffee. <laughs> no coffee flavored cocktails. <laughs> okay. Text or talking? Talking. Talking. Uh, do you have an inspirational quote? I do. Mine hangs on my wall on my wall. And it's what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly by Aaron Hansen? Oh, that's a nice one. How about you, Rachel? Do you have one? Ah, if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. And that is by Nora Roberts. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Cat or dog? Both. Dog. <laughs> both. Everybody said both. Okay. I said dog. <laughs> Early riser or night owl? Early you guys riser. know my answer. You know, <laughs> we got one of the night owl. <laughs> okay. And the last one, sweet or salty? Sweet, salty. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you spending some time talking about, you know, what we do, how we do it. Um, you know, I think it would just be, uh, yeah, this is our first you know, shot at this. Um, and it's, I think it's really important. We'll be doing more specific topics as we go forward. If you see this and you're interested in, in Chris Hunt, um, what we're going to be talking about on our podcast, please send us your suggestions and your ideas, but, but bye for now. Thank you. Bye.